Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection... Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi everyone, Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just a quick one before we get on with part two of our Alpha Papa Live special. Um, I know how annoying it is when you've listened to part one, you skip over to part two and then you have to sit through a whole long intro. So... If you haven't already listened to part one, please go and listen to it first, because there may very, very well be some jokes in the second half that don't make any sense unless you've heard the first half. That's pretty much all I had to say. Hope you're enjoying it, and uh, I'll see you again at the end. Welcome to Monkey Tennis Live! Thank you very much. Well done, everybody. That was pretty good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Monkey Tennis, just like that. Monkey Tennis, people around the world ask... Who is Alan Partridge? Monkey Tennis? I am C-Trace. Chronic Thuggery? Monkey Tennis? Jason Argonaut. Monkey Tennis? Our friend Michael just sent a text saying he hasn't bought toilet paper in 18 months. Cheers. Monkey Tennis? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second half, or if you're listening at home, part two of the uh, Monkey Tennis Live Alpha Papa special, recorded live at the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square, London, where our audience will now make a short amount of noise. Good noises, uh, good noises. Uh, so like we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, general facts to do with the film before we get back into the plot. But before any of that, uh, two things. One, firstly, a shout out to the guy who let us know that as he was leaving, he heard someone say to their partner, you did do a shit in a box. <laughs> we don't know who that was, but yeah. we know you're here. We've got our eye on all of you now. Um, <laughs> and also, there's some. There's something that's been the, the subject of some debate uh, since we started doing monkey tennis. Um, we've had quite a lot of people get in touch with us, especially on Twitter, to say that one of us sounds like Will from the Inbetweeners. Um, um, but we've been unable to determine who it is. So what I thought we would do is if we'd all stand up for a second. 
each of us in turn is going to say, hello, my name is etc. And, uh, and I, I sound nothing like Will from the Inbetweeners. When we're all done, we're then going to uh, see... You can cast your vote. Think so, uh, my name's Adam, and I sound nothing like Will from the Inbetweeners. My name's Tom. I sound nothing like Will from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we need to do the rest? I mean... No? Okay, fine. I feel like we found our winner. Yeah. Well, that was You're probably... all happy now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Kid. See, we told you it was you. <laughs> she wouldn't listen. <laughs> all right. I think somebody did tweet us that as well. Anyway. Okay, uh, so some general girl. facts about Alpha Papa. Uh, obviously, the initial teaser that went out, um, there were a number of alternative titles uh, suggested. The Norfolk Fracture, Gunbird, Hectic Danger Day, Chap of Steel, and uh, my favourite, Colossal Velocity. Uh, <laughs> it's nice so to say that, isn't it? Colossal, Colossal Velocity. Velocity. Um, I would say at least half of those are better than Alpha Pass. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I like Hectic Danger Day. That's yeah. good. I take, I take Hectic Danger Day, the Norfolk Fracture, Chap of Steel is a bit too Superman, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Colossal Velocity. Yeah. I mean, I can see why they didn't go with that. It's quite I, hard I to like do. Chap of Steel, but it's the way he delivers it. He goes, Chap of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Alpha Papa kind of could be a Bond film title, couldn't it? Yeah. Alpha yeah. Papa, Quantum of Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Never, never, never say, say Alan again. Yep, yeah, 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 but yep. j- just to recap on something you said uh, earlier, the film is just called Alan Partridge in America, right? Yeah, because... Um, Too difficult for American audiences well, to understand Alpha, pa- the, Alpha they, Papa, the Alan Partridge they movie. They make some changes for American audiences, but they also talk a lot on the commentary about how they could have done more, but they didn't. So, for example, Pat sacked, not fired, and things like that. So they, I think they've done a pretty good job of not pandering to an American audience and keeping it Alan, true to Alan. Yeah, because I guess they probably tried to keep it kind of self-contained as well, so it's not all referencing things that have happened in the sitcom. And yeah, stuff like and they said they didn't want to do like Alf, uh, like Alan goes on holiday or like uh, you know Alan in yeah. space. Which yeah, in, in <laughs> fact, um, yeah, I did go back and listen to some interviews that Armando Yunichi did around the time of promoting the film, and yeah, he said. Uh, speaking to Simon Mayer, uh, we didn't want to make the film Alan Goes to America or Alan Goes to Ibiza, so it is trying to keep it grounded in the world that Alan would normally inhabit. Again, would 100% watch both of those films. Yeah, I know, it sounds great to me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we know how the film did in America, like, box office-wise? Uh, no, I've only got... The <laughs> short I've answer is no. Let's move on from But that. we do know how it did in the UK box office. Who wants to go into that? Yeah, let, let's talk about that instead. Okay, because we've got that information. <laughs> Have we? Yeah. Went to well, we one. do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, took six point two million at the box office, off a budget of four million, so Very a success, profitable, yep. profitable. Yeah, yep. I can. Uh, I've got a uh, much more important fact than that, though. Um, right. As as discussed, uh, three of the four of us went to the premiere. Um, who who was it that didn't go to the premiere? Was it? Mm. It was just down the road. Oh, it was, it? It, was, it was Tom, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah, where was we mine? Did was, we did have a spare ticket. You dossier dwads. Anyway, the fact is. 800 chocolate oranges with superficial damage were used at the premiere. Yeah. We've got three. Yeah, we're on yeah. a slightly <laughs> lower budget. Um, it got 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it was 7 out of 10 on IMDb, is that right? That is correct, from 24,618 votes at time of checking. The lowest rated Partridge-associated production. Do you think it's the worst Partridge output? Oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Really? What's, I, I think oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it there. probably is. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't mean it's bad, no, but it's just it's a very high standard yeah, with, the, exactly. with the other sitcoms. Are what do you think is potentially lower than this then, Adam? Um, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that... Um, <laughs> <like> <laughs> He's got Go nothing. On. He hasn't Go got on. an answer. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're not counting things like the, the day-to-day... Well, no, the day-to-day was really good. I think that's yeah. better. Yeah. It's that's very better. hard to compare, isn't it? Because Partridge is, uh, it crosses many mediums. Um, yeah. yeah, and this, this is, is the worst part. This is very diplomatic here, Adam. 
so, any other general facts about the film? Well, I just thought that, is there an argument that this film did pretty well? Because there was quite a huge gap of no Alan from the end of uh, I'm Alan Partridge to Mid-Morning Matters. And then literally you had Mid-Morning Matters and then the film pretty much straight after one another. Mm. So Mid-Morning Matters basically kind of, yeah. I think, did almost the marketing job for this film of bringing yeah. Alan yeah, back into right. the public conscious. Because Mid-Morning Matters launched on YouTube, didn't it? With it was a, yeah. kind of a it Foster's, was a Foster's, Foster's thing. Yeah. Not Foster's, Foster's menswear. Oh, <laughs> In fact, Tom, didn't, didn't somebody send you a message about Foster's menswear earlier? My mum. So... <laughs> What yeah. she just proves I'm not making She's it just, up. She just, she just commented on Facebook saying, oh, yeah. Foster's men's wearing a Ben Sherman shirt. Oh, nice. Hi, Mum, if you're listening. Yep. She's not here, is she? No. No, no, no she's not here. We're on, uh, we're on a scene I like to call Alan on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's coming out of the radio station. He's talking to the people outside. There's uh, a lot of placards on the go. Um, he's on a rope, presumably so, so Pat Farrell doesn't let him wander too far. But... I don't yeah. quite understand that. How how does the rope system work? Can you just pull it over his head? Untie I think it? it's tied quite or, tight. So I I don't know, maybe... But isn't the point that Pat's like ensconced within the radio station so that he still has connection with Alan, but Alan, isn't it some kind of... I guess if he feels like Alan is trying to untie it or make a break for it, he can just yank him back in or, or shug him, him off or yeah, whatever. Yeah, tug him off. Yeah, <laughs> <take> him off. <laughs> You're better than that. Yeah. Uh, and I do love the start of this scene. He has to identify himself. Oh, as well, yeah. and he's very visibly annoyed about that. <laughs> um, and he's on the news at this point, so you could argue that this is the point where he is actually finally famous. Yeah, from from more us. people watching from the us. From us. Finally more from people us. watching the news bulletin than, than have ever watched or listened to any well, of his outputs. Well, that's kind of like the overriding thing here that basically yeah. Alan is able to use the siege as an opportunity to promote himself and um, improve his profile in the local Norfolk area, um, and that's kind of what he's doing here, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. he slips into entertainer mode as well. You know, he's, you know, he's noticeably walking around like he's doing a stand-up routine. Uh, there's even a routine about his ex-wife. He starts making yeah. jokes. Um, yeah, yeah, the identify yourself gag, all of that. Like it's, it, it's like performing for. He's, he's essentially being Michael McIntyre, isn't he? Yeah, yeah basically. that's basically what he's it doing. It's McIntyre even like the way he's walking and everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a note here that his voice actually just sounds quite straightforward Mancunian. It's kind of, it sounds a bit more Coogan than Partridge. I thought it's almost like it could almost be Paul Calf or something like that. Yeah, he's like if you he's if you go back Allen, and watch some kind of old Alan whether it's him on day to day or whether it's I'm Alan Partridge it's, there's been a gradual progression of him sounding more normal and more like Steve Coogan which I think is quite interesting yeah, yeah. but I think Armando Unici did say about that like he, he basically defended it saying our voice boxes change over decades but is that really true? That's, You're not suggesting that Coogan's phoning it in at this point are you? I've not said that why have you said that? <laughs> <laughs> always the same jokes um, um, yeah. did, do you want to go? Um, would you like me to list what's written on the placards outside the station? I've made a note of all of them here. <laughs> yeah, go on. So um, you've got "Happy 40th, Lucy." Relevant. Uh, you've got two signs that have "Shape the way we don't want it to be." Ooh, very, clever. very clever. Um, Psycho Pat, uh, Attica, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, no surrender and have my baby Danny S and baby is spelt B-A-B-I-E so that tells you very much where his fan base is I coming from I also noticed that there's another placard perhaps, it, perhaps it's slightly later on that is an advert for low cost loans I think <laughs> Take I didn't spot that in this TV coverage yeah. um, uh, <laughs> Come on, carry on. Alan, uh, so Alan then insists that the police negotiate via him, uh, but then when they tell him what they want to say to Pat, he overcomplicates the sentence so much Pat can't understand it anyway. So he's the worst middleman uh, around. Um, he's got a lot of fans outside, and if you look closely, one of them is Diane Morgan, who is better known yeah. as Philomena Kunk. Where? Ah, yeah. Kunk on Partridge. Kunk on Partridge. <laughs> Would watch. <laughs> 
and uh, he basically starts his his comedy routine once he realizes that his heckler is attractive. Uh, as soon as he spots her, <laughs> uh, suddenly it's funny yeah, times for yeah. Alan. But also, you say the fa- that his fans are out um, in force, but where have these fans come from? He doesn't really have that many fans, does he? I think no, it's just so people that stumble across his station. So someone shouts "aha" uh-huh, and yep. someone shouts "love you." So yeah, so he's got at least two, two. fans. Yeah, and okay. he was recognised earlier. So three. Yeah, that's a marked improvement from the Armand Partridge days, which Fair was enough. one. <laughs> he's Dead. Thomas. Not Mac- Maxwell, not the producer. <laughs> um, so he's he gets uh, pulled back by Pat at that point, doesn't he? Um, Tugged off. Yep. And then the, the, they're in the studio, and he's finally discovering the uh, the beauty of YouTube videos. This is where he asks if you've ever met a genuinely intelligent bus driver. Which <laughs> <laughs> great line. Yeah. Which. I think it's unfair. Co- coach, maybe. <laughs> but bu- bus, I think, is unfair. Um, the, j- just to go back to the Attica sign, because it's quite an interesting, subtle reference for another film, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, which starred Al Pacino. So, the, he plays the character Sonny, who holds eight bank employees hostage, and he starts to chant Attica, Attica, which is a reference to an Attica prison riot of 1971. So I just thought it's quite an odd the choice. The IMDb trivia page is brilliant. Yeah, it really is, really is very <laughs> it useful. It really is a useful Un- resource. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was very weird for them to reference something like that in this, in this film, because it's quite okay. a serious film, and it's quite a cinematic reference. Well, they talk about it a lot in the commentary, don't they, that it was an inspiration and they basically kind of lift it. They reference it. Yeah, they reference it, they? reference it a lot, yeah. They, I haven't they've seen re- it, so they've ripped it off. How have you not seen it? Because I haven't seen it. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his logic is sound, whatever you think. <laughs> you can't argue with that. So, yeah, go on, Adam. Do you want to... Um, or no, I'm just wondering, are we, are we showing this thing here? Well, yes, yeah, so, um, obviously should. they... So, af- after this Some scene, of you know where this is going. For the, yeah. for the benefit of podcast <laughs> listeners, uh, rather than people in the audience, we've just put up the, uh, the beginning image of the cinematic epic Fat Woman Falls Down Hole, which is referenced in Alpha Power. So, what happens in this scene is what gets Alan on the news. So, then the BBC News broadcaster says in the film has had more YouTube views since uh, one of the most viewed YouTube videos since Fat Woman Falls Down Hole, uh, which is actually interesting. If you look, the video of Alan on YouTube has only had 323,000 views. Do so you think that's not actually that many? No. They haven't really. They could have just made it look like it's How many millions. billions has this one had? Uh, I don't know, but should we watch it? Just yeah, in case on, anyone hasn't seen it. It's a fat woman falls down I do think it's, it's important that we watch it. She's uh, There you go. She's going to go any second now. So we're oh, in a she's not um, no. hey! She goes. There it is. Ow, that is unfortunate. <laughs> um, so also, when you have the debate, the YouTube screen grab uh, where they're talking about this on the news. Oh, it's playing again. <laughs> oh, it's, it's on a loop. We're on a fat woman falls down whole loop. <laughs> um, yeah, so when you've got the kind of montage of the news coverage and they have the screen of um, Alan's YouTube when he's on the rope, um, the other videos listed alongside it, you know, where it's like the you might also be interested in this. The other videos are AP gets angry on mid-morning matters, <laughs> AP on kings and cars, AP on his Twitter account, AP opens bookshop, AP getting it wrong, <laughs> and AP tax office freakout. And I can, I have checked, they're all real YouTube videos Amazing. as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't know go. that at all. Good no. bit of research. I've done my research. Well done. Yeah. Well Watch the film as well. Uh, and then you've got the radio phoning <laughs> compilation after this, which I thought was basically like an advert for DAB radios. I thought it was oh, quite yeah. ridiculous. Um, then we're, we're back towards the studios uh, where he's proclaiming Neil Diamond will always be king of the Jews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I noticed that Pat and Alan by this point already have their own joint jingle. So uh, they've moved fast um, and they play off each other very well. I think Psychic Simon's right to be threatened, not just because he's got a gun to his head, but also because Pat and Alan are uh, not a bad pairing. Yeah, a good bit of camaraderie between them. I can't see Clifton 
imagine ever being able to do this. No, it's too uh, booze. That's why. He also yeah. asks, uh, what what used to be better in the olden days? Callers suggest Egypt, racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, nurses. I, I think this is Alan's description of nurses, isn't it? And now just short-haired women in trousers washing their own hands in a sink. <laughs> <laughs> Frighteningly specific. Uh, somebody else suggests UK manufacturing, which he he dubs good but boring. Uh, and then someone ki- calls him the classic: kill them all, Pat, and shoot the women first. <laughs> Cut them off. Cut them off immediately. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's when. Yeah. Then there's the genuinely clever bus driver as well. Uh, and the fact of the day, sponsored by Norfolk Dairies, cows don't have hymens. And I thought, do you think, given the sponsorship, does every fact contractually have to be dairy based? Quite possibly. <laughs> that I wouldn't mean, surprise me. It sounds like they probably had a lot of better uh, facts before they resorted to <laughs> cows don't have hymens. That's in like week twelve of the sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> They're scraping the barrel. Yeah. Uh, Lynn's on the scene around this point, saying uh, Alan doesn't like me talking to the press. Yes, Lynn, it's because you're an absolute publicity hound. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn has not been media trained. Either. Seriously, that was obvious. In another life, she'd be the sort of person calling heat to spot herself and turn up to the opening of a bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan uh, tries to get Angela to spot him on TV um, back in the studio because uh, he's starting to be reported yep. on. But by the time she looks, it's, a, it's Kim Jong-un. <laughs> uh, uh, he then desperately tries to find a channel that he is on. Uh, I, and I counted how many times he had to change the channel before he eventually found himself. It's Ooh. 38 times. Oh, I wanted to guess. All the channels. Uh, is it in this scene as well? Um, Angela says to him, he, he's all hectic, which I thought was a nice tie-in with a hectic danger day as well. Yep. And he says, yeah, he's puffed up like a robin. And I noted later in the film, he says he's puffed up like an owl. So he's very inco- <laughs> very inconsistent. Yeah. Very puffed. And also not throwing a partridge into the options either. No, the bird he inhabits is getting bigger as you go on. Yep. Um, there's a bit of a continuity error, I think. He's giving Angela a tour of the disabled loo, but we've established that she's already used it. Good How do you give a tour of a disabled toilet as well? Some of them are very Just spacious, Nick. I think he's looking for an excuse to... Get yes, he agrees. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Agreement within the yeah, yeah. Someone's Alan's, done that trick Alan's before as well. <laughs> this is my, na- my notes just say Alan's getting amorous, and even his nasal whistle can't stop it. <laughs> nasal wheeze. Nasal <laughs> wheeze. Uh, Angela plugs it. I noticed before diving in for snogs. I was uh, very considerate of her. Diving in. Um, <laughs> and Alan also insists on little moan between every kiss. Mm. Mm. It's mm. horrible. Mm. Oh, I can say so sitting disgusting. next to Adam doing that is not yeah. pleasant. You think that's bad? <laughs> oh I'm god! About, I'm about to use. I'm about to use the line. The line he uses to identify his penis. That is Madame Todger. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, Alan. <laughs> oh. Well. We can't see his damn todger, but we assume it's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, we'll come to that in a minute. So, uh, disabled Lou. There's quite a few callbacks to I'm Alan Partridge in this scene. Um, where uh, Yeah, there are, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about Jason Cresswell on the phone to Lynn. Oh, Jason Tresswell, sorry. Oh, mm. uh, saying, he likes me, he really likes me, just like he did about Chris Feather yep. uh, at the end of Series 1. Hang on, is it Tresswell or Cresswell? I'm I've not got, sure. I've got Cresswell in my notes. It's Tresswell. I haven't got any notes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't I seen it. Well... <laughs> The, re- the, the reason I know this is because I saw it in your notes and I was like, that's wrong. Double-checked it. It's Tresswell. It's Tresswell. Good Thanks, to know. IMDb. <laughs> okay. uh, Lynn's example of Alan's bravery is that he hit a duck rather than run away when it pecked him. <laughs> not, not even a swan. Um, and also, go anywhere near a swan. It'll break your arm. Her role on the BBC News is listed as executive assistant to Alan Partridge. Is that the title Alan gave her or has she embellished? She's embellished. Yep. Yeah, executive. Uh, be real. <laughs> no. uh, She's on 10 grand a year and no yeah. more. He attempts to be a lad in front of Jason, but it's not for him. Uh, he starts talking about how he, oh, when he comes back from the toilet, oh, I gave her a ruddy big kiss she won't forget in a hurry. But within <laughs> seconds, it's a story about how he never really knew his mother. and <laughs> <laughs> He's crumbled. 
Uh, and he also says, "I'm joking, Lynn. Enjoy me," which is a bit of a callback to "I'm yeah. being bawdy, Lynn. Enjoy me." Yeah. From uh, "Enjoy it" from uh, "I'm Alan Partridge." Uh, lots of callbacks to classic Alan and Lynn moments. And at this point, he thinks Gordale Media think he's some sort of Christ 2.0. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the next thing I've got on my notes is, as we can see here, that his uh, trousers and and his boxes come off. Why would like if you'd watch a scene back? Why would his trousers and boxes both get hooked on it? Well, yeah, ridiculous. I, I do think this scene is funny, but it's not very Alan. This humour, yeah, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit slapstick, isn't it? Um, I don't know why they would have put. Uh, mm. It's easy. It's an easy laugh, yeah, isn't it? it? Is, isn't it? Maybe they were panicking about the fact there weren't many laughs. laughs, in yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one I mean, that did get a laugh. So yeah, the funny yeah, bit is when the paparazzi yeah, turned up and started. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the exasperated look on his face after taking yeah. a photo behind Come him. Come on, is yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy who plays the paparazzi guy was in a band with Steve's brother and is also the voice of most of the callers to Mid Morning Matters. Fat punch for you there. Um, they, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, one question: Does Alan's bum look old enough? And he can't quite see it here. I don't think. I don't think it passes for fifty-five in the film. I well, think, I think it's a younger bum. It's a stunt bum. It is a stunt bum. <laughs> oh. It's uh, relatively flat though. What? <laughs> flat. <laughs> Well, yeah, if, it doesn't have if, much shape. If you've just started, the way you, you want, want it to, it to be, be. Yeah. <laughs> I'll set them up. You knock them down. If you, if you skip to this point in the podcast, this is review Alan's anus. With <laughs> a policeman accosts the semi-nude partridge, but surely by now he knows who he is and that he's helping them. That's a bit weird. Although um, I, I, I guess again, it's about that thing about Alan having to always reintroduce himself and being annoyed about that. So maybe people don't know who he there is. There is that. There is that. Um, I had a question here that gets answered later in the film. Actually, they took the pictures from behind. His willy is tugged between his legs, <laughs> as we can see on the screen behind us here. Uh, do we think that the paparazzi got it in the photo? Uh, the answer is later on. Yes, they did. Yes, because it's <laughs> pixelated, isn't it, on uh, the news yeah, coverage? Yeah, and I think yeah. described quite graphically. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, I'm surprised, given Coogan's sort of well-known dislike of tabloid culture, they didn't make more of the paparazzi being a scumbag in this scene. He got off quite lightly. Well, that is pretty bad, isn't it? Well, yeah. What more did you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. Some sort of lambasting. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a good opportunity to make a point, but uh, it was not made. Yeah, he is um, yeah, very much anti the old uh, tabloids. Red tops. Yes. yes. Yep. Um, should, we, should we move on to uh, the next scene? Yes. What, the house? The house where, what, I think what's been irking me about this, we don't know whose house this is. Is it, is it Alan's? I don't think it's Lynn's. He is furious, we don't know. I, don't, I don't think Lynn would have a wall-mounted telly. That's, that's the only <laughs> clue I've got to go well, on. Well, I think that we do see Lynn in the film, and it's definitely not this house. Uh, yeah. But yeah. again, th- this isn't the this isn't Alan's house that we see at the beginning of the film Ooh, either. No. Maybe he's got a flat in town. There is or a classic. Couldn't it be back at Alan's house? Possibly, possibly. I think it's back at Alan's house. We may never know. Mm. Um, there's a classic visual gag where he's motioning to the screen behind him, saying uh, "my ass, your face," um, but they alternate. Yep. So when he says "my That's face," great. it's an ass. When he says "your face," it's uh, it's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there. Did he do that the right way around? I'm yeah, not sure. I don't know. He, no, he wasn't sure. sure. He, he bottled it towards <laughs> the end. My <laughs> arse, your I face. I think he got away with it. He then gets quite heated with Lynn and starts saying, I was Gordell's golden goose and now I'm just partridge pie with peas. My question Wait. is, why is the addition of peas so bad? And he wasn't as well. Yeah, exactly. He really wasn't. Yeah. He had the limelight for a very brief moment. The cracks are starting to appear here, yeah. aren't they? Oh, yeah. This is this is full Lynn Allen confrontation mode. Uh, she says, Gordon, yeah. bullies. And he says, yes. And what do you do with bullies? You make friends with the bullies so they bully someone else. <laughs> uh, Good Lynn, advice. Lynn, as she's wont to do, becomes very Bible quotey at this point and gets corrected by Alan, does and doth. <laughs> 
she's definitely closer to a level pegging with him now. She never would have given him. I was going to say this, is, this yeah. is confidence we've not seen. Yeah, before it's a it's a real confidence. Well, she's had her moment as well. Maybe she's puffed up like a whatever. A little bit, but I think like a mouse. I think if they're both if they're both puffed up, he's puffed up beyond all all safety, and she's just puffed up to the level of a regular human. So I think at this point, quite a good point. Yeah, I'm like, come on, come on, Lynn. He's like, who the heck do you think you are? She says, I'm Lynn Benfield, and I was like, yes, Lynn, get him. <laughs> Get in, Lynn. Um, both. <laughs> he, then, he then insults her, saying, "A lot of people look think your hair looks like a photograph of an explosion." Extra funny. That's one of my favourite lines. He's come from straight from the siege and not spoken to anyone. So how would he possibly know? <laughs> uh, and then he goes too far. I don't think I want to employ someone who looks like a madam, and I don't mean a Parisian one. I mean one who lives in a terraced house behind a train station. Oh, oh Alan, Alan, you've oh, blown it. Gone too oh, far. Yeah. And you can tell that he knows he's gone too far because there's some great face yeah. acting from Coogan, yeah. and then there's a little nasal. The nasal well. wheeze kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is this the first time he's driven her to quit, do we think? Yes. Well, that we know <laughs> Very of. confident there, Tom. Yes. <laughs> well, that we know of, obviously. But yeah. I think it's probably the first time he's driven her I to quit. It is, yeah. But it's also probably the first time she's had the confidence to quit. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think you're right. I think it's the confidence that she... The newfound confidence. Yeah, I think if any of us were, were Alan's assistant, we would have quit many times before. But uh, yeah, it's taken her this long. Yeah. So... Back to the siege? Yes. Well, just one thing. Just at this point, I feel like the stakes in this scene are higher than anything else. At this point, I'm kind of like, I don't care if all the hostages are killed, as long as Alan and Lynn can be friends again. <laughs> Correct. That's, that's, yeah. that's the price I would pay. And Michael is safe and well. And Michael's safe and well, yeah. And, and can poo in an actual toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, that can be his choice. Yeah. yeah. So we're back at the siege. Uh, there's a pizza delivery guy who turns out to be a policeman undercover. Uh, Alan almost blows that. Alan's being a bit of a shit here. Uh, he, he soon loses interest in Angela when he finds out she's got kids. Yeah, he's not, he's not best pleased when he finds out about that, is he? No, and yeah, he gives away the, the, the pizza policeman. Psychic Simon says to, uh, to Alan, it looks like you had a turkey's head behind your legs. That's what I was talking about. Obviously, the penis yeah. made it into the paparazzi. Shot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Pat's warming to Simon. He says he's hilarious, and Alan corrects him. He's solid. He's solid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having seen having seen plenty of psychic Simon, is he hilarious or is he solid? Uh, I think he could be hilarious, but Alan's always stopping him. He's always kind of raising the finger and making him stop the gag. He never reaches his true potential. But exactly. When, when you let him off the leash, he comes up with things like Jizlam. So you know. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. his finest hour. Was He's it? got potential. I think he's got potential. Uh, yeah. The policeman's undercover as a pizza go go delivery man, which was so heavily branded. I thought surely it's product placement. Have they taken the sweet pizza go go dollars? <laughs> I think so. I would. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Alan's now ruining the police plan for his own fame. And when Angela gets the opportunity to leave, he insists that she stays. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Very cruel. Uh, which I think is almost worse than the station manager leaving at the start. Um, but then, of course, he lets her go when he finds out she's got kids, so that's okay. Uh, Angela offers Alan a homemade pizza, but the kids were a deal breaker, and so he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's not, not interested. He's not having no. it. Uh, and then there's a point where they're talking to Simon um, about his uh, head gun situation. He says, I was worried about the old head, but I think I've got a handle on it. And I thought, how long has he been saving that joke up? Yeah. yeah. Hours, probably. Again, potential, but he's not. Hilarious. Needs a bit of guidance, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, yeah. He's solid. He's solid, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, Alan has a bit of an internal dilemma while Jason's giving his speech. I guess the yeah. question to the group really is: At what point does Alan break alliance with Jason? And I, th- I think this is it. I, th- I think yeah. him slagging off Lynn is the final straw. For the Alan. point where Jason calls Lynn Mrs. Fucking Doubtfire. Yeah. Oh, he's that guy. That guy's too far. That, guy, that guy can get to fuck. Yeah. Not having. Not, <laughs> yeah. not with our Lynn. No way. <laughs> no, <laughs> way. <laughs> no one talks about our Lynn. That I was going to say. I feel like Alan in his head is probably thinking, "I can say that." 
but you can't. You cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. And yeah. also, he probably knows he's massively mucked up earlier, so he's like, this is the opportunity yeah, I need to, to, win a, yeah. I need to win it back. Yeah. The station's one thing, but nobody fucks with Lynn, so he gets Danny to taser Jason. <laughs> uh, yes. Danny's operating purely in 100% self-interest. He only yep. does it because he found out he was potentially going to lose his show. Yep. Because yep. Danny is a shit, he's as a shit. discussed. Uh, and then the police move in. They're all shouting proper police orders. And then <laughs> Simon, psychic Simon in the middle of it, just screaming, have you got any scissors? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, there was due to be a bit here where Dave Clifton has brandy and whiskey hidden behind the microwave, but they thought it was a bit too cynical about a recovering alcoholic, so they cut it out. They want Dave's story <laughs> to be one of redemption. So that was too far for yeah, a character they've had say. discussing heroin, yeah. cocaine, yeah. and hookers. Yeah. And that was too much. They, they, <laughs> they draw the line at uh, espionage brandy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think at this point we are in the roadshow van. We're That's on the road. What's happening? Yep. Yep. Here we go. There it is. Um, Do they? What's the conversation to get the get them into the van? Yeah, it just kind of like, happens, happens, doesn't it? That's what I don't understand. Like, uh, isn't there a it? discussion? earlier when they're looking at the old photos when they say oh that's still that's still down in storage or something like that I, th- I think there is a line where that it's alluded to that the roadshow yeah, there's, there's 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 again there's I, haven't, I haven't I haven't watched the film so I've got no idea yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go uh, they also had that van parked outside at the premiere which you would know if you were any of us except Comstock. no idea not yeah, I mean I was not there. Nick you were there I was there yeah. I was there it was great yeah it was pretty good yeah. it was a regional eight, premiere eight, as well did you go to the one in no no I mean, 800 chocolate oranges they had. I wouldn't say it was the best night of my life, but top, top five. <laughs> up top there, five. definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, they, there was an, a plot line that was going to be included about Gordell Media doing some serious corporate wrongdoing, and Lynn was going to discover this by reading an email that she wasn't supposed to see, but they cut all of that. But Thank God. There, yeah, it sounds boring. Yeah. Um, but there was a, a split second where, if you look at the sign in the uh, window of the Radio Norwich fan, it says whistleblowers, which is obviously to yeah. do with that plot line, but they didn't edit it out right. probably. Also, Michael is driving the van, and uh, I'm yep. confident uh, in terms of his tax insurance, and he's not wearing a seatbelt. Yep, he points out all those things. Yep. What and are you going to do about it this time, which indicates <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> done, done this before. before. <laughs> he's been trouble with the law yeah, many, um, many times. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, also, quick fact, which I'm sure a lot of people are aware of, but Simon Greenall that plays Michael is also the voice of Alexander the Meerkat from Compare the Meerkats. Yeah, true nice. facts. Nice. There you go. That got a whoop. I think yeah, that was undeserved. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very generous of you. Um, yes. Uh, Qu- question to the group about this this uh, sequence. Is this the slowest car chase in the history of film? <laughs> I think it might be. Quite possibly, because yeah. not only is it very slow, but it's also happening for a long time. Th- this is real speed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously this is soundtrack by John Farnham, You're the Voice. Do you want a quick uh, fact punch on that? Mm. Go ahead. I, th- I thought you were going to say no for a minute. Uh, it <laughs> nah, reached right. n- number six in the UK chart in 1986. So That's you it. were... 45. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Very good. Absolute banger as well. Um, True. The bit about uh, Michael saying I've got near tax, near insurance, and I'm not wearing a seatbelt, what are you going to do about it this time? It's another classic allusion to past misdemeanours, uh, like when he said, now, Papa, oh no, I've been told I can't hit customers. <laughs> yeah. No, or have naked flames on the fork, I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alan starts pretending that Lynn's, Lynn's Bible quote that she used when they were having their confrontation, yeah. what was it, what price is, uh, I can't remember the whole thing, but what price is to a man when he doth lose his soul? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, a bit of jembling there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a bit of, <laughs> yes, a bit of uh, And he starts using that as if and saying he always uses it um, which is a bit cheeky and it's also like uh, he uses the line about Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster in I'm Adam Partridge to correct Ben uh, mm. and that's something that he was corrected on uh, back in the uh, Partridge mm. radio years as well uh, Michael beeping along with the music is the funniest thing I've seen it, not maybe not in the whole <laughs> film but 
He's a very funny man. Uh, Alan is rumble, though. Pat's put two and two together. He can tell that the handwriting yeah. that Alan's used is yeah, the handwriting happy, that he used to write just sack Pat. And before you know it, Alan is hiding in a toilet. Could you get in there that quickly? No. No. They've oh, taken liberties no. there, haven't they? Yeah. That's um, creative he, I, Actually, I just wanted to skip back quickly, actually, because what we haven't discussed is Alan's large question in this scene, which is uh, about keeping eggs in the fridge. So, quick poll. Do you keep your eggs in the fridge, yes or no? I know I shouldn't, but I do. Mm. Uh, I think so, yeah. You're not sure? You, yes. get, you just get the staff yes. to do that. Yeah, Adam? Uh, never in the fridge. Uh, I do keep them in the fridge, but yeah, you don't need to. So, Although when we discussed breakfasts in a previous um, podcast, I'm confident Adam said that he didn't like eggs. I don't like eggs. Well, this story's changed a minute ago. <laughs> You're keeping them in the fridge. <laughs> let's, no, move, let's move on. I don't either. <laughs> you don't like eggs? Or maybe I, I was thinking him. of you. No, I don't like eggs. No, he, okay. he hates eggs. <laughs> anyway, it's not that important, but that does lead us on to them playing the pairs game as well. In the phone-in... Um, when he, they, the caller says, uh, egg and bacon, he says, oh no, it's egg and gammon. I did think egg and bacon would be a more common pairing. Yeah, yeah that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Wow. So, uh, I, I've got a question. I've not seen the film. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got a question vis a vis the toilet scene, which we have on a screen behind us for the people who are here. Live. A very important question. Um, was Pat going to poo or wee on Alan? I think this is very important that we have audience participation. So, what I would like is uh, on three, if you could either shout poo or wee, then <laughs> we will never get any more lowbrow than this. So, yeah, you can all go good. home worse people than we arrived. Okay. Uh, w- w- I think we should all shout our answer as well, but maybe a little off the mic. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three. Wee! Well, that was definitive. <laughs> the results were inconclusive. Yeah, I mean, I think when I... But uh, we all had a lovely time. Yeah. Well, I do remember first watching this because he says, I'm not going to shoot you, Alan. And then he goes to start unbuckling his trousers and you think, oh, he's going to do a pee. And then he turns around. Yeah. You know that oh, yeah. poo was the objective. Yeah, sure. It does become clear. <laughs> so Alan tries to escape out of the... Uh, out of the, the loo window. Couldn't he just... I, have... don't know, I don't know how he releases that, by the way. No. Well, I, I was thinking he escapes just in time before Pat takes a shit on him. I mean, I guess the septic tank isn't meant to take 12 stone of feces, and the van is very old, but why would that suddenly be the breaking point that it just takes off? Well, do you reckon that that is genuinely um, the storage capacity of one of those wagons? What, what, one one Alan Partridge. One well, Steve yeah. Coogan. I mean, that's going to see you out for weeks, isn't it? Months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where I'm going with it, but just, <laughs> there was a lot. I just thought that there was quite a lot of storage for an entire man to get in there. A man's worth of. <laughs> it's something, something to think about. Yeah. To think in about. your own time. Um, yeah. the, the nasal wine uh, comes, wheeze, sure, comes, <laughs> comes back here. Um, I noticed as well that the flap of the toilet moves up and down with his breathing. Yeah. I mean, that's weird. That wouldn't happen, would it? No, that's comedy. It's just for comedy. Breathing very powerfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they added the uh, the nasal wheeze in post production. <laughs> you got it right there. Yeah. That's a good fact. So Alan has um, made it out. Um, he attempts to give away the caravan toilet, or the, the, well, the you can the have radio. it. The yeah. radio van toilet to a, a passerby who presumably it's not what she was looking for, um, and then they're on the pier. Um, he's got the uh, the, the, pier ri- the pier rifles. Yes, yeah. Uh, which he, he there's a brilliant gag with the JFK and Susan Boyle where uh, <laughs> he's aiming for one but shoots the other because damn not gi- again, yeah, not again. JFK. Like, quote, damn gypsies have messed with the sun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a great joke on the JFK assassination. And also, I did think, I know they're not pandering to Americans in this film, but I wonder if they picked JFK and Susan Boyle because they're both people that... Y- y- Would people, know in America, yeah. People on both yeah. sides of the Yeah, you probably right, so. 
Uh, yeah, and then he tries to, he's aiming at Susan to try and shoot Pat, and he just goes, trust me, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I, I love the, the footwork from Alan whilst he's running down the pier here. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there are twists and yeah, turns and pirouettes. Bobbing yeah. like a pigeon to check yeah. around corners. Yeah, yeah Running down, looking backwards and stuff. It's Whereas brilliant. Lynn's stealth running is appalling. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible. And he will pick her up on it later. Yeah. Uh, just one little thing. Next to the poster of JFK is an advert for a book called Finding Harmony by Sally Hinder. I looked it up. It is a real <laughs> book, and the subtitle of that book is The Remarkable Dog that helped a family through the darkest of times. <laughs> Would read. Read. Yeah. <laughs> read that in your own time. Um, the, the, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's bobbing around corners looking for Pat, and Pat's been sat on the bench the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not difficult to find. Yeah. And then there's that four-way exchange between all the old people on the pier, which is brilliant, really well-timed as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's talking mano a mano with Pat. Yeah, it's, the mood's quite melancholic at this point. Yeah, he scattered he's Molly's ashes here, buried at sea. I was going to say, apart from uh, Bin Laden and Megatron, has anyone else been um, buried at sea that we know of? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Any suggestions of anyone that's been buried at sea? Please I've, don't I've, say just, I've just got please, nothing to follow that. Vikings, burning ships. Yeah. Does that count as being buried buried at sea? And and Molly, I guess. So, we move on Uh, to... Sure. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so... uh, Oh, yeah, and then uh, Pat says to Anne, he's like, "Mm, the circle of life, to which Adam replies, Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a brilliant gag, or just they were running out of time on the writing? I mean, does that sound like Cirque du Soleil? It's as brilliant and funny as it is nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. Although it's kind kind of quite true of... Even if it is crap writing, it's kind of true of Alan's character, because... He just doesn't know how to respond to Pax. He doesn't know what to do in the situation. Uh, Although Michael's got a solution for this situation. Michael has got a solution, which is to create a diversion by jumping over the railings. Oh, shit! And disappearing for good. That Um, is my absolute favourite moment in the film. I think they got the biggest laugh when we saw it. So a key key question. A person clapping, I think, for that moment. At the death of the most beloved (laughs) character. (laughs) I mean, is he dead? Is is Michael dead? No. Well... Allow me to give you some insight. Um, so, as we discussed earlier, the Nomad book is the most recent addition to the Partridge canon, I guess. Um, so, when you get to chapter 25, chapter 25 in Nomad is called A Man Called Michael. Um, so, the opening of that chapter is Michael, a friend who is dead. <gasps> oh, spoiler! No! Spoiler! <laughs> now... However, as uh, as Alan continues, he basically refers to this incident and says it was the last time he was seen alive. Even though his remains are yet to wash up, later that year he was declared dead. So actually, I think it's still left open for a return. We can all Michael's gone into hiding. Please come back, Michael. Uh, yes, and there's there's some more nomad stuff I can share in a bit. Okay, uh, so uh, obviously there's Alan's song, which uh, is relatively self-explanatory, where he's <laughs> in a last-ditch attempt to sort of save his own skin and dissolve, diffuse the situation, is to uh, start singing "You Were Always on My Mind," <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely brilliant. But not, not a huge amount we can add, really. Um, he's interrupted by the police, to which he says, "Shut up, you." Dick, which is <laughs> entirely fair because he's you know he's really going for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I think we're now really on Alan's side. Uh, Pat he, moves to suicide. Uh, police keep stealing Alan's thunder as he's. Well, we're kind of on both of their sides as well at this point. Like we want them both to just. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shape yeah. is very firmly come, the enemy yeah. now. Yeah, the villain. come together over a common evil. Mm-hmm. Shape and um, you like shape. Remember? <clears throat> did I? Yeah, you yeah. really did. It's the okay. way you want it to be. Um, right. And so uh, and so we get Alan's quote unquote death. He's yeah. shot. Uh, some brilliant, some brilliant final words between him and <laughs> him and Lynn. Uh, they blow me to bits. Lynn. <laughs> There's some blood coming from my mouth, Lynn, which turns out to be spit. Spittle. She's so familiar with his bodily functions at this point, athlete's foot, etc., etc. She doesn't mind at all. Uh, and then a seagull lands on his feet. Uh, there was some resistance to that 
at that scene because of the cost of doing it but it's another cost great example of cost. <laughs> putting a CGI sea eagle CGI in there sure <laughs> not cheap. but um, it's a great example of Alan being distracted by something <laughs> trivial at all times like back in the siege when he was Jason's left right hand man and then had to move so he was actually on, on, on that side of him um, he then says was I a good man <laughs> yeah. Lynn was I kind and I've just written bollocks was he (laughs) (laughs) the answer is no but she does seem to think the fact he once donated some defrosted bacon is enough to redeem him I I remember when you were defrosting the freezer and you gave me all that bacon says Lynn so she's happy with that that's fine she's looking for the positives in an absolute sea of negatives and then we obviously uh, we move gently away from Alan before we realise that he's not actually dead which I think is the best joke of the film brilliant I, I still think it's Michael no, jumping Michael off the pier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does say to Lynn as well, yours will be the last face I ever see just before a hot paramedic turns up uh, who's actually played by uh, Steve Coogan's real-life uh, assistant. Oh, ah, right. Yeah. Um, Lynn then uses the situation to get her job back, which is pretty <laughs> ruthless. Good Resource, for her. Resourceful. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then uh, when, he tell, when he asks the paramedic if she's courting... Uh, uh, sorry, when, when, when the paramedic mentions about courting, Lynn's like, oh, well, as if she is courting. So I think she's still <laughs> dating Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I reckon. Mm. Uh, Good to know. Good for Lynn. Or maybe someone's been in touch after seeing her snazzy new look on the news. Oh. Mm, possibly. With the hair that looks like a, an explosion. explosion. <laughs> exactly. Um, so is there anything else on this? The only thing I would say about Michael jumping off the pier is that um, I, I listened to uh, Tony Robinson talking to Richard Herring on a, on, on a recent podcast, recorded just down the road, actually, um, about how Baldrick was uh, made to get more and more stupid as time went on in uh, Blackadder. Yeah. I think you could say the same with Michael, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. He's certainly not getting smarter. He's, he's just jumped off a pier for well, apparently I think for no reason. The, prog- the progression from Series 1 to Series 2 of I'm Alan Partridge, you go, right, okay, that's clearly working. Let's amp it up a million times. Yeah. And he's like probably the best performer in that second series. Yeah. And it goes back to the point that I would have liked to have seen more Michael in the film. Yeah, definitely. Always more Michael. Um, well, it, it's probably worth mentioning, if you think about it, basically the entire um, plot of this film is essentially Michael's fault. So going back into Nomad, uh, as Alan describes, Michael deserted his post to help himself to wine and mini sausages, yep. and that's when basically Pat came in with the shotgun. Is this the so, shooter uh, in the Death Star at the beginning of Star Wars? It's, it's basically <laughs> that. So, <laughs> so if you think about it, there's actually with this whole siege and guns being fired etc only one person in this film dies potentially and that is Michael right, and in a, arguably that's fine because it's all his own fault anyway so it's not really a problem fucking um, Michael well to, 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 to quote Alan Alan in Nomad, some people argue that Michael failed at his duties. He's ultimately responsible for the tragedy that led to the death of one person. That one person being Michael. Himself. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so we're back at the radio station where Bruno Brooks has replaced Pat Farrell, uh, which makes sense really. It's about right. Um, <laughs> uh, I looked into uh, into what Bruno Brooks, radio, famous radio DJ of the 80s and 90s, is up to now. Um, in real life, he founded a media company that's claimed to fame so far seems to be owning an interactive internet-based radio station and is broadcasting in, and I quote, over 4,000 convenience stores. Uh, <laughs> wow. The company's tagline seems to be where brands shake hands with fans. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is just oh another God. That's also, just another shape slogan, isn't it? But yeah. also, a, mind, a mind-blowing fact about Bruno Brooks, something I really didn't expect to find while I researched it, is that he is one of the few men in Britain to have ever upgraded to LinkedIn Premium. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding knowledge. Genuinely Brilliant. thinks it's worth the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at this point, the rebrand's been abandoned. It seemed they're back. Yep. They're back to the yep. old name, uh, and they're calling Pat in prison. Would this be allowed? I thought, and then I thought, well, it's no different from serial. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably fine. It's yeah. only fair. And there's a great disconnect between the novelty of the phone and the reality of Pat in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely miserable. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and then that's, that's it, really, isn't it? That's it, we're on to the, the credits. We hit the credits. There's a lovely description of what everyone did next. Yeah, I think uh, we've got Lynn's one here That's first. the best one. <laughs> Lynn acknowledges <laughs> she, she's developed ideas above her station. And uh, Alan Partridge considers the matter closed, which is <laughs> very that. gracious of him. She's resolved uh, to wind her yeah. neck in. And then, uh, but then and Mike, we've got Michael's as Michael's well. Michael's one is even sadder. If we can grab that up on the screen. Jed's fallen asleep. Oh, no, he's dead. There we go. <laughs> Michael was never found. Now, what I noticed about this as well, you see, uh, Michael doesn't have a surname. So at any point, is Michael's surname ever mentioned? Yeah, we covered it in the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember. Oh dear. No, uh, he goes. Uh, no, he goes. Uh, I'm Michael and all, yeah, as in like yeah, yeah. I'm Michael. Yeah, exactly. As well, but yeah. no, it's not. So, yeah. so just Michael the Geordie for him. Yeah. Nobody knows. No. Okay. Um, across the credits, we also find that uh, Alan got his wish. He, he said earlier in the film that all he's ever wanted is a Range Rover with a speedboat, and he gets both. The speedboat's called Alpha Papa, which oh, is yeah. nice. Uh, and he's obviously off on holiday with Angela and her kids, who he's sort of attempting to bond with by saying, "If you guys don't dig the sounds, sling us your pod." I'll dock it. <laughs> Do we think he sold his story then to the likes of Heat and any other kind of celebrity weeklies that would publish his story? Because <laughs> otherwise, where's that money coming Some, from well, to fund all of this? Something, yeah, something's yeah, happened, doesn't it? Yeah, he's been given a better show or he's done an okay magazine spread or something. Um, and also, yeah. calling a speedboat Alpha Papa is pretty awful. I was wondering if anyone, <laughs> ha- anyone has heard any other terrible names for boats. I once saw one mo- moored in Croatia called Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> It's what she would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also constantly amused by when you go past caravans on the motorway, say Excalibur or Trident, when they're basically plastic oh, boxes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Brilliant. They're, they're just, going nowhere. It's a plastic box for retirees to piss in. <laughs> don't, don't call it, like, Neptune. <laughs> Ridiculous. Maybe that's why the uh, septic tank is so large. <laughs> it's just a thought. Just Maybe, a thought. Just a yeah. Maybe they've been caught short. Um, <laughs> they do it on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, I think that more or less brings us to the end of the film. Um, so, what we'd like to do is play Cards Against Alanity with uh, some of you in the audience. If if four people have picked up the envelopes, if you'd like to come make your way down to the front, please, then we will uh, we'll get going. And if, if not, you don't want to come down, give it to somebody that does. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, we're going to sit here in silence until we all expire. Whilst you're making your way down, just quit to quickly discuss the. Two songs that are used in the end credits. Yep. So you've got um, the number one song in uh, Number One All Over Heaven by Sparks, which is from 1979. <laughs> Reached number 14 in the UK charts. Yep. So a bit of a start punch for you. And then, uh, Tom, the other song is by example. You had a bit of an observation about that, didn't you? Well, apart from the fact that it's awful, but it's, <laughs> it basically sounds like the Mortal, Mortal Kombat theme tune. It's terrible. It's yeah, fairground music. I, yeah. I checked that online and it does sound exactly like it, so we'll drop that into the podcast. As Please a don't. Reference. It's awful. <laughs> we'll do it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so we have all our contestants. If you'd like to open your envelopes, if you haven't already, um, inside there are four options. They're all four phrases that are all said by someone in Alpha Papa. Um, what I need you to do, there's also a pen in the envelope. If you could write your name on the submission and then choose from those four, um, I'll give you the sentence that you have to complete. So pick the best one to complete this sentence, which is also taken from the film. It's just a standard field phone. Should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities? Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with blank. So if you could choose the best one, and then what we need you to do is uh, remember which one you've chosen and drop your sheets down to Jed, uh, who is going to take a look and he's going to pick his winner. Give everybody a second. Mm. Be a bit of a dead-down music or something. Dead air do, 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 that do, phrase you're completing <laughs> again. It's just a standard field phone. Should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities? Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with blank. <laughs> I'm not We've sure. Got a winner. I'm not sure if Jizz Why don't you pick option. that one? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> He's won. Good night. <laughs> okay, I'd like you to pick one and uh, hand it down to producer Jed at the end. There, please do remember which one you've picked. Because we may ask you to Our glorious assistant producer, Jed. Well, careful. How is Jed going to signal victory? He'll stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what what we'll do... So when Jed stands up, I've... Because basically, we'll be honest, Jed forgot to bring the infamous podcast bell. Luckily, (laughs) we've got a podcast... We've got an app that will uh, provide the sound of a bell. Let's just test that. There you go. So when Jed stands up, I'll do that. Very resourceful. It's relatively loud. Okay, so what I'm going to do is just go down the line. If everyone can say their name, their favourite partridge moment, and then I will read out this phrase, and then if you can read out the bit that completes it, that would be great. So contestant number one, name and favourite Alan partridge moment. Uh, Nicholas, um, any of the radio station bits. And uh, the phrase I'd like you to complete, it's just a standard field phone. Should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities? Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with... Stop being racist. (laughs) (laughs) Contestant number two, your name and your favourite Alan Partridge moment. Uh, Abby, and uh, I love you, in a way. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a standard field phone. Should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities? Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with... Short-head women in trousers washing their own hands at a sink. (laughs) (laughs) Next person, your name and your favourite Alan Partridge moment. Uh, Kate, and... 
I'm not driving a Mini Metro. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who can blame you? Great moment. Yeah. Lynn, Lynn is driving a Mini Metro in this film. I think we forgot to mention oh, yeah. that. Uh, yeah. She wouldn't let it go. Um, it's just a standard field phone should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities. Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with... A genuinely clever bus driver. <laughs> like oh, and the it. app's not working. I think, yeah. <laughs> that's the winner. Oh, that's the what winner. We? Okay, the, the bell's gone <laughs> off. Oh, we... Hang on, there's another one to go yet. He might have radio gold. <laughs> Let's do it anyway. <laughs> your name and your favourite Alan Partridge moment, sir? Um, Anthony and um, Bono's house. <laughs> we all love Bono's house. It's not, you know, it's not Bono's house. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like I'm crushing Bono? dreams. It's just a standard field phone. Should you feel the inclination to communicate with the authorities? Good thing about these things, they're immune to the problems and glitches you get with chronic thuggery. Yeah. Very good. Oh, I like that. I like that. Please, I've been I'm, I'm ringing the bell for that as well. All of our. Oh, actually, wait a second. We've got prizes for you guys. One second. Just uh, make some noise for the contestants, everybody. What I liked about that bit is that Abby is over there, is my partner, and when she said her bit, which was "I love you" in a way, she looks at me straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, love. So everybody who took part gets a copy of Alpha Papa signed by Felicity Montague, who plays Lynn Benfield, and then our winner also gets the On the Hour box set, which is the first place we ever heard of Alan Partridge, signed by creator director Sven Gali and hero Chris Morris. Big round of applause for all of our contestants, please. <laughs> you may rejoin your seats. Thanks, everyone. I think we have uh, very little to go through now, so thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody at the Prince Charles Cinema. Thanks to producer Jed, Woo! artwork Dave. Uh, oh, who else? <laughs> uh, the people that voice our pretend ads, Sarah and Bex. And, uh, and most of all, thanks so much to you guys for coming. We really appreciate it. I uh, hope you had a wonderful evening. We'll be putting this out on Christmas Day and Boxing Day from us. Goodbye. Thank you. And aha! Thank, Thank you! Bye! People around the world ask, who is Alan Partridge? Monkey Tennis? I am Sutress. Chronic Thuggery? Monkey Tennis? Jason Argonaut. Monkey Tennis? Our friend Michael's just sent a text saying he hasn't bought toilet paper in 18 months. How does he? He steals it from a pub. That's a relief. Monkey Tennis? Yeah. Hello again, Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Thanks so much for listening to our two-part live Alpha Papa special, recorded in front of a live audience at the Prince Charles Cinema in London on November 24th, 2016. So, where next for Monkey Tennis? Well, the good news is we'll be back again before too long, and the next series is going to be focusing on Alan's exploits in his chat show, Knowing Me, Knowing You. So, if you've enjoyed the chat show and uh, you've got any comments, questions, theories, or facts you'd like to throw towards us, then you can email us, the part pod at gmail.com or on facebook.com slash the partridge pod or tweet us twitter we're at the partridge pod uh, until then thanks so much again for listening and uh, please do subscribe if you haven't already to make sure you don't miss out when we return shortly with some knowing me knowing you fact punches even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.